Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs. August 1st, 2023 marks the 75th anniversary of OSI's inception, and throughout the year, the command is commemorating the occasion based on the theme, Inspired by Our Past, OSI's Future Starts Today. And with me to discuss how the 4th Field Investigations Region fits into that scenario is Region 4 Commander, Colonel Jeremy Waller. Colonel, welcome to the program. Always great to chat with you, sir. Yes, you too, you too. It's been a while since I've well since I've seen you and, yeah. and, uh, and spoken with you, so thanks for having me on. No problem, sir. Uh, let's uh, dive into it, shall we, uh, with Region 4. Uh, now, your region was created back in October of 1992. How exactly did that activation come about? So Region 4 was created, um, uh, you know, on that date, actually, I mean, it became Region 4, but Region 4's existence goes back to, well, the the, the actual birth date of OSI in, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, ni- 1948. Right. So in 1948, it was actually established as District 10 under the original districts and the geographic alignment of OSI. And it was, um, the headquarters was established on Kelly Air Force Base. Um District 10 operated um, in support of a, a massive amount of detachments and installations in Texas in the in the late 40s and early 50s mm-hmm. in support of what was then Air Training Command. Right. Um, and it was kind of at that time that the, the commander of District 10 at the time saw the importance of being closer to leadership and start building those bonds as a as a. Um, a you know, somebody who was there to help support the customer, i.e. the Air Force, right. in a much more in-depth way instead of being like an adversary mm-hmm. to the Air Force, but being more closely aligned. So um, in the late 70s, it, it moved to the headquarters, transferred to Kelly or from Kelly to Randolph, which is where, um, well, ATC headquarters was as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, went from ever since. So when the when region four was stood up just like the some of the first um regions were within osi the natural uh link between uh, what would become air education and training command and region four was right there uh, on randolph to support that uh to support that customer um when it when region four kind of grew into the to the big thing it was and there's a lot of um you know, Region 4 kind of looked at it as one of the the smaller, I guess, regions now just because of the way time has grown. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, in the 80s and into the 90s, Region 4 was actually very, very big. Um, it was about 27 detachments and OLs. Um, and it also supported two MAGCOMs. So it supported AETC and it also supported um, Air Force Space Command. Uh-huh. So, so a lot of the detachments that... Um, are now uh, underneath uh, other other regions, um, ICON, uh, Region 8, Region 3, uh, different. They used to be under Region 4 because it was so big. Um, and, and so it's it's got a pretty dynamic background and mission set on that, if you will. No problem. Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, your time sure uh, uh, changes the way things are constructed, no doubt about that. Now, Colonel, uh, uh, Region 4 uh, is the regional headquarters for all OSI units to identify, exploit, and neutralize criminal and terrorist and intelligence threats to the Air Education and Training Command, uh, the Air Force Personnel Center, Air Force Recruiting Services. 
the largest joint base in DOD uh, there in uh, the Alamo City, and uh, as well as Second Air Force, Nineteenth Air Force, and the Air University. Now, all that being said, uh, what unique challenges does that diverse responsibility present for an organization like Region Four? Yeah, so it's a it's a good question, and I think by and large, what it boils down to is that we are, you know, we support the First Command AETC. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as the Air Force Academy um, out in Colorado Springs. Now, the, right. the, the great thing about that is that we are the region um, that provides the support for the gateway from the civilian world into the United States Air Force and even Space Force currently, mm-hmm. uh, where that goes. But so, so it creates a, a different dynamic of what's at your installation. So by and large, we get a significant um, youth population at our installations. Mm-hmm. And um, there are people who are making that adjustment from civilian world where rules and norms and different cultures are different. And you're coming into a, a completely um, different world, if you will, wearing right. uniforms, being told how to how to do specific things that you may or may not be brought up with in, the, in, in your background. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of adjustment and uh, for the people coming into the space or into the, the Space Force and the Air Force. Um, for them to learn new ways of, of adjusting. And so we get involved with some things that maybe folks either um, they, they were acceptable when they were in high school, for example, or they were in college, that they're now not um, expected norms, or they're just having a bit of a, an adjustment uh, dealing with um, you, you know the transition from civilian to military life. So that's, that's one of the things. Um, another thing, you know, in, as AETC's, uh, part of their mission is to um, uh, is to recruit uh, to bring in new folks through the through the recruit the recruiting service. Mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of in this weird, um, interesting dynamic um, that that I see between what it is that we offer as a as a as an OSI to Air Force leaders um, in many places like uh, let's say Region Two in support of Air Combat Command or Region Five in support of USAFE and and uh, and Africa, you know, we're posturing with forces to, to deliver security capabilities and what have you. Mm-hmm. Well, AETC and recruiting service, their job is to get people to want to leave the civilian world and come to work for the United States Air Force. Um, so unfortunately, some of the benefits that we bring to solving crimes, to, you know, uh, talk about the things that we've done very, very well, highlighting our successes, sometimes don't necessarily jive with the message that, you know, um, recruiting and the Air Force want to be there. Because, right. I mean, let's face it, you know, parents and, you know, mothers and fathers and, and people want to join a safe and secure organization. And sometimes the things that we do to protect people within uh, the Air Force and the Space Force, you know, kind of people can turn up, you know, give it a different look like, ah, oh, I didn't know that those things went on. So we're providing a pertinent and important service to protect people and protect our installations. But sometimes that's, um, that's the fine balance that we've got to walk with our supporting command. They're very appreciative of it. Um, and that goes without saying, but it's a, it provides an interesting dynamic. Um, international students are another key piece because uh, again, uh, we get people from all over the world in AETC um, some from, I mean, just all over the world. And so cultural norms and what's acceptable in those countries 
um, the dynamics sometimes between uh, different religions, men and women, you know, what's acceptable and, and what's not and, and how these things work. We've got to be attuned to those um, as we do our investigations. But um, we've also got to be in, in tune to the responsibilities to make sure we engage with like international affairs, understand the political side of that um, as well. So, right, those, right. Yeah, yeah, those are those are some unique things that we that we work with. Very well put, sir. Uh, now, if I may, uh, I'd like to ask you, uh, with Region 4 headquarters at Joint Base San Antonio Randolph there in Texas, what's been Region 4's key to successfully operating with such a varied customer footprint as you uh, as you work with? Yeah, so um, it, it's got it, it's our people. It's our people that, that we bring into the organization, into Region 4. And I know it sounds like a, um, kind of a, a, you know, a template answer. But that's okay. That's but, okay. Uh, but, but it's, it's, true. it's true. It's true. You know, yeah, I, um, it's true. Um, you know, constantly wowed and impressed by the by the folks that we have. Uh, but I'll tell you, until I was, a, I've been in Region 4 for uh, eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I've been in it, I, it never really occurred to me some of the challenges that some of my, um, uh, my, my counterparts in the other regions, the other region commanders may have to deal with. But uh, I finally figured it out one day. My vice commander, um, Lieutenant Colonel Andrea O'Connor, she she, mm-hmm. she finally pointed it out. It was so obvious, but I had never really seen it. Our detachments, uh, my squadron, um, our detachments, and then our, um, our other locations, the overwhelming majority of my field leaders are experienced. Right. Uh, it's usually not their first time leading or commanding or being a superintendent or a special mm-hmm. agent in charge. And with that, when you've got a leader at a location who's on their second, third tour doing this, they bring with them a sense of confidence. You know, they've done it before. Yep. Um, they they know that they know what the job is. They know what the mission is. They they know how to take commander's intent and apply it at the field level to best support their customers. Well, when you've got regions, um, historically region four has been about 50% rookies, uh, you know, <laughs> people on your first assignment, we're getting okay. better, you know, we're getting better. Uh-huh. But when you've got people that are uh, making that jump from one career field to the next, and there's a lot to learn about being an OSI agent, having a field leader who exudes that confidence, who says, Hey, don't worry about it. You know, we got it. We'll get you there. You know, um, and provides that sense of um, you know stability and everything's going to be okay. I think goes a long way to helping our people really get the mission done and uh, and and execute the the right way. Um, mm-hmm. I also think that well, one of the things that we've promoted also is um, I promote and I know all my other field leaders say is like, hey, we're, just because I'm an OSI doesn't mean I'm not part of the Air Force. Okay, I'm a career officer. I'm a career senior NCO. I'm a career a civilian, you know, career enlisted, career pro staff. So we encourage our people, even at our detachments, to be involved in first sergeant councils. You know, to be in, in a part of the five six clubs. You know, be involved with the company grade officers council, so that people see us as team members at the base and not adversaries. Right. And I think having that relationship and and giving folks that perspective goes a long, long way. Right. Well said. Colonel, uh, what are some of the mission milestones that Region 4 can reflect upon that have defined its legacy? I know uh, the laundry list is probably pretty long, but uh, what are some of that maybe uh, stand out for you? Yeah. So um, as I was going through some of this stuff, you know, it, it occurred to me, having been the former or a former uh, anti-terrorism specialty team, AST commander, um, 
you know, when AST was stood up, it was stood up as an OL underneath Region Four. Right. Um, it was with OL with OL meaning uh, operating location. That's right. Our novice listeners, yeah. 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 Operating location. It was yeah. it was technically Region Four operating location dash AST, and it was in it sat on Lackland, and it, its mission at the time was to support the 820th Security Forces Group. Um, but AST was stood up as a result of the Cobar Towers bombing and the uh, commission that recommended a lot of changes in how we postured for force protection. So right. that's significant. And then it, you know, AST uh, morphed and changed and it went under different uh, different regions. It went under region two, it went under region three, it went under, you know, region old seven at the time. Um, then it kind of dissolved and now it's back underneath icon. So it's, that's a huge thing. Um, yeah. I think it provides a lot of capability and rapid deployment for our folks in protection. Um, I know, um, you know, I, I think our region's response, one of the big milestones that even to this day has had impact to um, not only how OSI approaches things, but also um, some of the, um, the changes we've made in policy and direction, our expectations, but also some of the ways that we're going into the future is the, is the way uh, the command responded and specifically a lot of the folks um, at uh, the 11th field investigation squadron at, at Lackland, how it responded to the, uh, the basic military training um, scandal that occurred in the early 2010s. So 2012 right. frame. Um, a lot of things, a lot of the things that region four did across and that trickled throughout the command and the information and, and uh, lessons learned out of that, uh, both for the Air Force and for OSI and how we approach have gone on to um, impact a lot of things that we do. Um, right. And the um, I, I believe rightly now the impression that uh, Air Force leaders have is that you know when you give when you give OSI a job to do they're gonna, they're going to do it they're going to do it right. Oh yeah, definitely. so that was huge. That was huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no even, doubt about that. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, it, but it's important to note too that even under Region Four. And, um, you know, Region 4 at one time had, you know, multiple, uh, what we used to call comp debts, composition detachments underneath it. Uh -huh. So so we had, you know, we had polygraphers, we had cyber crimes guys, we had, you know, forensic specialists, we had counter espionage individuals all lumped up underneath Region 4, um, providing services all across the country. So if you look back at the history, um, as we restructured the command, you know, a lot of that just kind of went away, but the expectation and the development of the of uh, what Region Four had put into place there in the early and mid '90s uh, still continued as we grew as an organization. So, wow, yeah. well, well, well put there, sir. Uh, you mentioned the word people before it was such a, a key component for Region Four's success. Uh, here's another laundry list, I guess you can go through if, if you can. Uh, who have been some of the significant tr contributors? Two regions for's success throughout the years. I'm sure the the list is pretty long and pretty distinguished. It, it is, yeah. And uh, so I, I would have to um, looking back on it. And of course, you know, it's I, again the the answer is everybody's had impact. But right, I'll tell you some of the things that stuck out to me in my time and as I've grown through my career is um uh, well one uh, Colonel Glenn Cox uh, back when he was a District Ten commander. He was the one who really was starting to say, like, you know, um, we should probably be right there with our supportive MAGCOM, um, which is, you know, he sort of had the, I guess, the idea and the vision to move the, the headquarters from District 10, which became Region 4 headquarters, mm -hmm. from Kelly, you know, across town to Randolph and say, right. here we are. We're here to help. Uh, we're here to help affect the mission and, and do it properly in the right way. Um, 
I think that was pretty huge um, and yeah. compelling with where we needed to go. And, um, you know, that's still back in the in the 70s in the day where, you know, you hear stories of of just how OSI was just not uh, not we didn't partner the way with the Air Force as we thought we would. Um, I'll tell you what what's neat is to see a lot of the Region four uh, alumni roll through the command. And uh, uh, yeah. what's really neat is I know we've got um, uh, some some graduates of Region Four and who have gone and done great things. And and you know um, here in the next couple of months we'll um, we'll have Brigadier General uh, Select, but it'll be Brigadier General Bumgarner, who's a Region Four alumni. You know she wow. she yeah. ran the she ran the detachment up at Shepherd Air Force Base, which is which is huge up there. But even even then, you know I I could tell back then because I was AST. And I went over to brief a Region Four leadership conference one time, and uh, I was a I was a pretty junior captain, and I was briefing, and it, it was intimidating for me at that time because you know these are these are Region commanders and right, you know, right. leaders and everything. And she actually, um, I don't know if she noticed just kind of my nervousness or uh, <laughs> that, but it's also a part of who she is and, and how she conducts herself. But she, she, she put in a nudge for me and what I was saying, she said, yeah, I agree with what Jeremy's saying. This is, this is what worked for me. Uh, for yeah. those. So, um, so it, it's just neat to see the level and quality of people that have trickled throughout the command and, and where they've gone on since. It, well, really well, like you said, sir, uh, you know, the, the list is pretty long as far as all the uh, region four success stories and, uh, you know, soon to be, uh, you know, Brigadier General uh, Baumgartner is, uh, is among them. So that, uh, that must give you a lot of, a lot of sense of pride too, knowing that, uh, uh, the folks who, uh, went through that region have done so many great things. It, it is. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of, um, in talking with my chief and previous chiefs, there's a lot of region commanders out there who they look forward to getting somebody who's a region four graduate because, um, it's pretty intense what we do, you know, it's right, constant, right. it's nonstop and it's there. And, and um, I like to think in it, as I go out and I travel around in the field, one of the things I constantly get from my guys is um, when they come to region four, they feel like it's a family. And that's the way I try to run it that right. from the field level to the region staff level, it's, it's back and forth and it's, it, it's meant to be a positive experience and not um, not combative. And Creating that environment, I think, does a lot to improve the quality of life and help people through, you know, you know, it's already a demanding enough job. We don't need to make it even more demanding on ourselves by, you yeah. know, um, you know, by not looking out for each other. And, sure. and I think it's a really good thing that Region 4 does. And I'm, I'm proud of that. Sir, uh, let's put on uh, or, or grab your crystal ball, if you can, real quick, sir. Uh, how would you characterize the future of Region 4? It, it, it certainly sounds from its history. It's got a real bright future. I'm I'm excited about it. You know, um, I'll I'll look back on it or, or I'll look on it. So you know, tomorrow tomorrow's my last day of, of wow. service, and uh, so I'll look forward to seeing how all of you know Region Four and OSI continues to grow and develop. But um, I think um, the the engagements that headquarters OSI has had, uh, especially with the air staff and and with people in the Beltway, have gone a very, very long way with getting us the capability um, and uh, the, the things we need at the field level, the additional um, advances in training, money for that, um, the the advent of the indexing specialist, that's a huge, that's a huge piece that takes it off our, our, our 
you know, our agents' hands so they can go do agents agent things. Right. You know, pushing things back on other organizations that should be in their job jar that we've just taken up for whatever reason and saying, nope, we we have a different job to do for the Air Force. And that's what we're going to execute. Um, I think Region 4 in the last several years has has broken the normal narrative that goes along with Region 4. And traditionally, that's been all Region 4 does is, um, you know, um, sex assault investigations and run drug ops. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never believed that. And I think there's a significant counterintelligence mission to be found within um, the installations and organiza- organizations that we support. And I think we're 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 telling that story now. Um, we built up a national security detachment in Austin, Texas, which is helping identify things within our uh, our Region 4's area of responsibility. Yeah. But also helping show that there is work to do. The threat is everywhere and we're getting after it just as effectively and, and with the same aggressiveness as our counterpart regions. And we're showing it now. So I see. I see. I'm excited about it. <laughs> Well, I can certainly tell by the by the uh, excitement in your voice, uh, Colonel, that uh, you're very uh, uh, upbeat about uh, the folks at Region 4 and, and for very good reason. Now, uh, sir, before we wrap things up, is there anything you'd like to add about being part of OSI's uh, 75th anniversary observance this year? Um, you, you know, it, it, it's cool. And like I mentioned, you know, tomorrow's tomorrow's my last day and it'll cap off almost 25 years of service, all of which has been an OSI. Mm-hmm. But to be around an organization that um, that I know, I know because um, I've seen it and I've been a part of it and I've watched it, uh, but I know um, the people that go to work for OSI um, to help our Air Force, they go every day with the best intent and with nothing but other people in mind to try to make a positive difference for our Air Force and for our airmen um, assigned to OSI. And, and for our Air Force. And that is a really, really cool thing to be, have been lucky enough to have been a part of because um, not everybody gets to do it. And to have been able to do it for literally a third of an organization's existence. Yeah, uh, true. And, just, yeah. and have been a small part of that, you know, even um, prior to 9-11 and all the way up through, you know, combat operations. And now as we go into the, into the future, um, that's really special. And I think that is really neat. And something that everybody in our command should really be proud of and take a step back and, you know, cut out a little early on a Friday and just, you know, go and sit there with your buddies and just think about what it is you do and say, yeah, man, we're doing some really neat stuff. And I'm proud to be a part of it. And pat yourself on the back because you earned it. Very well said. Our guest has been Colonel Jeremy Waller, the commander of OSI's 4th Field Investigations Region. Colonel, thanks again for taking the time to be with us. Always great to, to chat with you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate the, appreciate the invite. And thanks to all of you listening for tuning in. For OSI, I'm Wayne Amon saying so long for now. <laughs>